Hello and welcome to episode 83 of Three Bears in a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Where are we today, Colin? Uh, we're in... Can we say where we are? Nah, we say we're at work. We're at work? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no booze. Due, due to working constraints and, and stuff like that, we're forced to... We're forced to work from the office, shall yes. we say. Yeah, mixing so business for pleasure. So you're on the coffee? I'm on the coffee, you're on the coffee. I'm hey. on the hot chocolate. Oh, you're on the hot chocolate. Free. It's free, huh? Free, yeah, free. I'm always with a free drink. It's not, it's not very close, there's lots of money, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like kind of business and pleasure. I didn't realise so Yeah, so yeah. we have going to be perfectly quick tonight, so we'll be yeah. kind of rattling through everything we've seen. So, um, everything you've seen. Start, we'll start with a couple of ones I've seen at home first of all, before we jump on one you've seen at home. So cool. the first one I watched is one you I'm going to recommend to you. It's called The Night Eats the World. I was liking that, yeah. It's a zombie movie set in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically sort of like almost a kind of um, I'm going to say like 28 days later or Castaway it's just this guy living one flat right. he goes to sleep one night and he wakes up and basically all hell is broken loose in Paris it sounds like 28 days later yeah. similar yeah. 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 It's almost like a bit, of a, a bit of all is lost as well because just literally it is only him yeah, how does he hold up? Just acting himself. Obviously, holds up, holds up well. Um, film itself is pretty decent. It, it's sort of it's a zombie film without any action, really, to a large degree. It's literally just you've seen this guy sort of just, just surviving, surviving, coming to terms with the idea that he's is by it, himself. It sounds a bit like um, the Omega Man. Yeah, not dissimilar. Yeah, yeah it's sort of it's obviously the law. Oh, the last man on earth for just classy fuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. and it's just interesting to see that kind of take on a zombie film. I really actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, still not a fan of fast zombie. No, I don't. I think it's because we know we're fucked. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, they're fast and we're the first ones to yeah. go, and that's why we don't like them. Yeah. Um, so zombies, we can outrun those fuckers all day long. Yeah, but it's, it's, um, it's on Netflix. Um, I sat watching one afternoon. I genuinely, as a fan of the zombie genre, um, I thought it was a really good addition to the zombie genre. Who's the director, did you? I didn't even know who it was, unfortunately. No. Um, no. I think it's not quite a first time. I think this guy's done much in the past. Right. Um, but everything about it was just, just well, just even something's done well yeah. there's something to be said for that you know? even tread no ground uh-huh. I, it's, if it's done good then it's refreshed yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and it felt like that it felt like something you've seen before but maybe not done quite as well as this and it didn't try and fall into the tropes of trying to be a horror film at times mm. there is always there is your zombie action that you come to expect how was the makeup on zombies? looked alright looked good yeah looked mm-hmm. good um, but it wasn't just an all out gore fest like a lot of zombie films you're trying yeah. to push for something but no I really enjoyed it good, good watch I think there's um, just really quickly uh, there's Really, no excuse anymore for, for bad zombie makeup, is there? No. Because of you know, things like The Walking Dead on a budget and stuff like that do it so well, I think there is like high expectations. Yeah. If a zombie looks terrible, then it's like it's straight bad. away that's you, you're off that movie. Aye, the, the, the white makeup and the dark eyes just isn't past yeah, it anymore. Yeah, totally. Um, yourself, what did you watch at home? Something interesting? Um, last night I was browsing Netflix and I seen a, a sci fi called Isle. Yes. Um, that James Mackey's in it? No, it's uh, Anthony Mackey's in it. Yeah, um, Falcon for you geeks out um, I, d- I do like my, my sci-fi and I like my high concept sci-fi and what's the basic premise of this one? well the trailer sells it as um, that mankind's kind of fled to Isle which is one of Jupiter's moons yep. because the earth's basically polluted to fuck and everyone's yep. dying so they, they send these like, kind of fuel reactors up the, to Isle and they're going to kind of start planting yeah, stuff from, from, yeah. not Isle but move on from there right, okay. that's, a, that's a staging ground move on. yeah so the whole thing's sitting there all right, okay. <laughs> which was fucking disappointing. Um, it features a cast of three people, um, which is Anthony Mackey, um, the girl, I can't remember, she's been in stuff before we've seen, but she's quite a, a new talent, okay. and um, your boy Danny Houston, 
Oh, yeah, he, yeah. But he's only in it as a kind of background video character. He's not really in it. In it. Um, it was 90 minutes. I'd have probably enjoyed more if I'd have fucking stabbed myself in hand with a fork. Okay. Very, very dull. Not a lot happened. The trailer sold you a different movie. That's uh, some, it's a Netflix original, isn't it? Is and again, I think it, it's reinforced my, my own belief that Netflix originals are a bit shit. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just. She's in the nice guys. It's the girl called yeah, Margaret Qualley. Nice yeah. guys and the leftovers as well. For yeah. Us. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, it's, it's just really, really boring. Um, she's trying to survive um, in the last kind of one of the few pockets of clean air left on Earth. Um, she's trying to find a way to get bees to adapt to repollinate and kind of build the world again. Right. Um, Anthony Mackie turns up to take her dad to one of the last shuttles that's leaving for Iowa. Um, and I think that's Danny Houston. Yeah, 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 and it kind of unfolds through her, but it, it's pretty much 90 minutes of kind of forced dialogue, really. Right, there's yeah. no action in it at all. Fucking whatsoever, there's no mysterious planets in it, mm. nothing in it, it's all set in kind of single location. So it's, it's, it's sci-fi in elusive terms. Really, really boring. Yeah. yeah, so the trailer sells it as, wow, you know, fucking this is amazing. It's, mm. it's not. A bit dull. It was a bit sad. If I was to give it out a 10, I'd probably give it a 4. I see, I, I, it's on my list, and it's something that... Based on the poster and the trailer, I want to watch it. And it's, it's not that. But it, no, it, it, it no. may look more like a, almost like an uh, interstellar type thing, or almost maybe a rival, yeah. even something along those lines, but no, it's definitely not. No. I mean, watch it, it's, it's my opinion, of yeah, course, yeah. but you know, I, I kind of went in geared up to watch one film and so I, much. I, 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 it's which is a big problem with some films, they do miss sell you. Definitely on the trailer, but good marketing from Netflix. That's well what they do. For but it does show that if a Netflix film hits big, say something like Bird Box, people will talk about it and will spread it and it will get 50 million hits in the first day. Mm. People haven't been talking about this one, and yeah. it's not getting the hits. Um, the, big, the big appeal for me was Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Huge fan of him. Yeah. And I just felt he was terrible wasted in it. Yeah. He really was terrible. There's a lot of like, kind of wanky metaphors that mm. maybe the director understood but yeah. where he was going to the writer, but when you watch it, it looked... It doesn't mean anything. There's no context for this shit anyway. You prefer Annihilation over this? Yeah. 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 You uh, weren't a huge fan of Annihilation, were you? I don't think that was amazing either. Uh-huh. It was much, much more enjoyable. Um, I almost prefer Mordecai over this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, watch it and give me your opinion when you do. But, yeah, I would say, yeah, what do you miss? Perhaps. Continuing on the Netflix theme, um, I watched a Netflix documentary. Um, called Fire, the greatest party that never happened. Oh yeah, what was that? Right, okay, so the Fire Festival was a festival that was a, a festival that never happened down in um, like sort of Bermuda. This, these guys put promised this festival, it never happened. Everyone who went to it got stranded on the island and sort of just uh, all hell broke loose. Wow, okay? man. So you've got this is genius. a guy who started up the festival, his name I can't remember now, but he's basically now been done for fraud because um, he's an absolute scumbag and people involved were absolute scumbags and he was just basically defrauding everyone. And you, normally you go, oh my god, how bad for the punters? You know, you feel bad for them. Yeah. But the punters are all sort of like the elite, middle class, upper class, middle upper class who are paying a hundred thousand dollars for a ticket. And you go, you know what? I don't really give a fuck you, about yeah, it. You deserve it. <laughs> um, if you, you, you only pay a hundred thousand dollars to go and watch um, Blink One Eight Two play in Ireland, then you kind of deserve all the bad shit so that's going to happen to you. So the bands who picked this one? Essentially, yes. Yeah. yeah. Some of them, most of the bands didn't turn up because basically at the last minute they can all pulled out, realizing that this was an absolute scam. <laughs> You know, this festival was supposed to take place like on a, on whatever day it was, and a week out from it, they didn't even have you know anything built for it. You know, the people were promised these like big, massive, like fancy sort of like avant-garde tents and stuff like that. And basically, there were ex-FEMA um, hurricane relief tents that were given instead, and wow. like um, the, the the private jet they were promised was basically a charter jet with fire festival stamped <laughs> on the side. The, the the very expensive 
uh, food they were supposed to get with basically a toasty with um, wow. lettuce on it, you know. So, so did the guy get away with the money though? Did the organiser? Not anymore. He's, oh, he's been caught and he's been. Yeah. But um, he's one of those guys, you know, he's going to be back in about ten years' time and he'll have another scam going. But do you know, I like, imagine if it was me and you, right, and mm. you got there. But do you know, I just think, do you know what, fuck it, Let, let's enjoy ourselves. We're here now. Let's, you know. No, because the, 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 the people who are, who get scammed out of it, the the, the, um, the the punters, they were guys who they've never had a moment in their life of hardship. Right, okay. So the idea they put an eye on, they don't know what to do. They just all basically went feral and turned into proper like you know Lord of the Flies, like they're all like killing each other for like you know mattresses and pillows and stuff oh, like that. Geez, and then someone right. did say it was quite. Someone did say then it was it was fun when the sun came up, but when the sun went down, everything changed. Like oh my god, it is proper. Like they're I like, kind of <laughs> want to applaud the fraudster though. I'm like you know what, fucking good on you. Do you want to put the fraudster's an arsehole and then the film becomes a complete arsehole? Yeah. The other partners you, you have no sympathy for at all because they're all absolute, you know, the worst, uh, the elite yeah, scum. Was, yeah. The people who do you feel bad for, the people who worked on it, who basically like the, the caterers who were scammed out of money, the labourers who were working on the site and stuff like that, and they've not been paid and things like that, you feel bad for them because they basically lost all the money they were supposed to put into it. So there is also a victim. Because there's there. victims there. And yeah, you feel for bad sure. for them. But everybody else involved, you kind of go, no. Fuck you, I mean, the first half hour, I hated every single person that appeared on screen. You wow. know, just absolutely detested wow. every single one of them. Um, but yeah, it's a decent documentary. Um, how will we look at it? It's just, there's one on Netflix, there's one on Hulu, but the same thing. So I've um, I'm not right. seen the Hulu one yet. But okay. Um, um, just very quickly touched on documentaries. I also watched the documentary. Oh, what you watch as well? Um, Unseen. Oh, not seen that one. Um, it's, it's about in I want to say 1992, maybe 2002, possibly. Um, Eleven prostitutes went missing. All right. Over a two-year period. This um, is the one that always made you watch. It, she did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, they, they just kind of disappeared, and there was very little no way I could because ah. they were all kind of you know um, kind of black women prostitutes. Yeah. Oh, this is some of the guy get found out recently. Yeah. Um, and um, the police just kind of basically dismissed ah. reports of you know this guy tried to push me out a window yeah. stuff like that. Um, and eventually they caught this guy, and it turned out he had like decomposing bodies in his house and stuff like that. But there was like a sausage factory next door, so the smell ah. kind of went unreported. Ah. It was bleak as fuck. Yeah. Um, but the end it, I was I just felt. Horrified. He had a name. What was his name? I can't. Not a name like they sort of gave him like a sort of oh, moniker. I'm not sure, but it was um. He, 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 he done for eleven, but he, he basically said he could have. He, it could be like ninety to hundred people he might have killed. Well, they're trying. He said he would tell them. They're trying to kind of find out who these victims are. There was more they won't identify them and stuff like that. But and people are they're thinking they could have like hundreds. Yeah, well, yeah. but it shows you like, and I that this is horrible. What you see like live footage of him in the court, live footage of him getting interviewed by the police, mm. just with the cameras and stuff, and it's like horrible seeing that because I. When you watch a movie, it's not real, but I think when you see that, you someone has like, that, that soulless. You're like that. That's you know, this really happened, and it, I think that's what gets to me. And I'm like, you know, there's people out there that, that can't do that. And oh. that's the real person. It just kind of freaks me out. Not that I'm squeamish, but it, it just kind of messes me. And I think that person's fucking real. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not a, a movie. It's not. It's, it's not a script. It's, it's a real. real. Aye, someone that's through trauma. Yeah, I'm just a hard, hard view, and I got there. Where did you watch it? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Oh, so un- unseen, it's called. Unseen. How uh, we look for it? It's horrible, but yeah, watch it because it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> How we look for that one? Um, sorry, sir. Um, last one I watched. It was on film four. It's a film I've been wanting to watch for a while and haven't been able to find. It was a film called Dogtooth. Oh. Which is the first film from Yargos Lathamos. Um, it's a film. It's in Greek. It's, I think it's the only Greek language film that got a major release. Um, it's about a couple, like a mum and dad, who basically keep their young, keep their children at home. Till they're well into their 30s and basically spin all these yarns about they can't leave the house and um, they can't leave, they get out the building grounds. And there's like a, a, a brother who did escape uh, or, or leave and he's stuck on the other side of the fence and um, he can't and he can't go near him. And 
they sort of talk their own language, so they'll use words that don't mean anything. You know, they use words in the wrong context, you know, because if, if, they don't want to tell them what it is. So yeah. the, the mother asks, one of the mothers asks, what does the word pussy mean? And she says, oh, it means lettuce or something. So every time they're around the table, they go, oh, can you pass it? It's, it's, oh. like, it's very, it's very kind of weird. You're like, that's so odd. Is, is it as obscure as a lobster? Yes, it's, on, it's in the lobster vein. Yeah. It's, it's in that level. Um, I would possibly say even darker than the lobster, because it, it does some stuff. Christ. Like I say, there's, there's a mother, a father, two daughters and a son, and things get things get interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So things, it was, things get heated. Things get heated, yeah. yeah. Um, it goes down that carrot with it. It's really... He's never really hinted at incest in songs before, has he? No, but he, uh, he doesn't hint it in this one. He <laughs> it's okay, it's on Front Street. Okay. Um, so it's really... It's again one a bit like any, a bit of Lobster, a bit like the Killing of Sacred Deer. It's darkly funny, like very funny at times. Mm. Also, just like your brain just coming, just know what what the hell am I saying? Are you that? still trying to piece it together? Yeah, just now you're like, uh, I'm not really sure what. Where was this on Netflix? No, it was on Film Four. Ah, right. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's definitely. It's, if you're a fan of the man, because we've proved we've already shown we're, we're a fan of the guy. Yeah. We like what he does. I've been seeing the favourite three times now. Um, so to see this, you can see where this guy comes from. He's, he's got a, he has a weird, a singular mind and a weird artistic mind. That, is unique to himself. And was this only. one done with his regular writing partner? Because I know he's got yes. writing partner, yeah. so this one, that's so it's uh-huh. got the, the kind of oddballness of... Definitely, it's definitely much more in the vein of... Lobster and Sacred Deer. Yes, than it is in the vein of the favourite. Favourite is, I mean, I've watched it again, it is very mainstream. Not yeah. very mainstream, but it's definitely more mainstream than it's any other. It's successful to most people. Yeah, I would say, I would yeah. Say. <laughs> and I think the fact that it's now got a lot of Oscar buzz means it'll be in the cinema for a bit longer and we'll yeah. probably get more of an audience even. Definitely. Um, so yeah, so that's all the stuff I to home. We've very quickly moved on to stuff in the cinema. So the first one up is one called Beautiful Boy, uh, directed by Felix von Gernigen, who is Belgian, obviously. Um, he directed a film called The Misfortunates, which was a, a decent hit in Belgium, I believe. Um, the plot of this film is that Steve Carell um, is trying to help his son through addiction. Essentially, Timothy Chalamet is addicted to crystal meth. The twist of it is that they come from quite a, it's not like a working class down in the earth family, it's a, it's a middle class family, so it's approaching drug abuse from that kind of point of view. Like, if you've got everything already, yeah. why would you do it? You know, what, you know, but it does happen. It absolutely does yeah, happen, yeah. 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 Um, and it's, sort of, it's Timothy Chalamet dealing with his addiction the, and the family around him dealing with the addiction as well as to what, um, you know, what, this, what this means to the family, what it means to the family unit. Um, so like I said, Steve Carell plays the father, Timothy Chalamet plays the son, Maura Tierney plays his stepmother. Oh, I do like Maura Tierney. She's good, yeah. Um, Amy Ryan plays um, Steve Carell's first wife, the the mother of Timothy Chalamet, um, and Caitlin Daver plays the um, the girlfriend in it at one point. It is it's a tough watch. It's it's, it's a hard watch because it's like you kind of get the point it's trying to make, but it just kind of fails to make that point. It doesn't. I don't think I, I feel like the tackled addiction in almost too soft a way. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't feel real in the sense that. It felt very safe. At no point do you ever feel he was in danger. Would it be like that for someone who's middle class? Yeah, yeah possibly that, could be. Because that's, I mean, that's something I've been. I can't relate to that because I'm no. fucking by any means middle class. Yeah, no. So that that, that was kind of the, kind of it's it, it, I struggle with a little bit because it didn't feel it didn't have the same inroad to it, and they never really explain beyond he just says I've got I, I do this because I like it as to why someone would do it, you know. He doesn't. You don't understand what, he, what if he's doing drugs. He's doing it to escape something. He's doing it because he's angry about something. He's doing it. He seems to. I get that. Well, he seems like I understand that. Yeah, yeah. you get that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's made, all the wrong reasons. Yeah. To, yeah, <laughs> to me, I, I struggled with it a little bit. Um, it's beautiful looking. Um, cinematography is amazing. Very melancholy in its sort of 
the way it styles its, mm. its approach. It feels, with a Belgian director, obviously, it feels almost European when you watch, and it does feel like a, like a European piece mm. of like, um, indie cinema. Um, cast are all excellent. Carell obviously is. Carell's second film this year. Yeah, already. Already. Last year. I think yeah. Welcome to Marvin came out in America in 2017, yeah. 2018, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Carell is, like I said, I think Carell's one of the best actors going this now, and he's, yeah. just, he's just got to get an Oscar to confirm that to the rest of the world. Fox character turning point from Jink? There's a few things he's done. He, um, obviously, a lot of my sunshine. Think so. Yeah, I think that was a turning point for him. That was still quite common. No, he, it's a comedy film. He's not a comedy role in that yeah, film. No. Yeah, he's, I guess. Cause he's just committed suicide in that yeah. um, Chalamet, also very good. Maura Tierney doesn't get enough to do because she is brilliant and doesn't get enough yeah, to do. Yeah. Uh, Amy Ryan, again, doesn't really get much to do either, but she's good at what she does. Um, the plot bounces around the time frame sometimes. Which I, it, it took me a lot, put me the first maybe 20 minutes to get used to what it was doing. Once I get used to it, I was kind of okay with it. Um, but it does get a lot of time in this this joint at the start. It's got quite a limited release, is it? Yeah, very. Yeah, I don't, I don't, get to, I don't think it's, it's captured the magic people wanted to. Wanted it to. Um, what does like the story does cover the effect of the family. If you really like, so how this affects Carell's relationship with his other children. Mm. Did you see how Steve Carell is with the he's someone who's younger, and he's a, he is like the sort of the typical amazing dad. You know, wants, yeah. to, wants to get involved in everything, loves everything about his son, wants to go everywhere, wants to play with him, wants to do everything. Now get two other children he has with Maura Tierney, and you can see that he's because of the way he's been damaged by what his son's done and broken him. He doesn't have the same relationship with his new yeah. children. He's, he's sort of he's, he's almost very standoffish. He becomes yeah. quite a, a, a abrupt person with his children. So it's interesting to see how how one addiction can affect an entire family, even though people who actually are not doing the drugs. Yeah. Um, but no, it was interesting enough film. Um, I give it seven out of ten. I enjoyed it, but it, it, it didn't quite it didn't quite grab me the way I thought it might. Mm. Based on the trailer. Mm. Yeah, and these trailers, Miss yeah. the Does I don't think Miss sold it, just it didn't really quite have the punch I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, on to one you're going to see tomorrow, next week, I think. I'm going to go and see this next week for sure. Uh, it's called Glass, Glass, which is the sequel to Split and sequel to Unbreakable. Yeah, so yeah. take on the superheroes. Yeah, Drayla M. Night Shalman, obviously, who did Six Sense, Unbreakable, Split, and The Visit, Signs as well, my favourite. You mentioned some of the really bad ones, Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water, no. So in this, the plot of this film is that the three protagonists of Unbreakable and Split, which is James McAvoy, Bruce Wells and Samuel Jackson, are all, for reasons you'll find out in the film, committed to a mental home, where there's a, a psychologist played by Sarah Paulson, who's really good. very good, always good in things, who believes that they're not superheroes, they're actually just, they're all suffering from a psychosis, but they think they're superheroes, and what they do is just because of that. You yeah. know, everything they do is sort of explainable within the realms of Believability, just it's a, mm. they're, they're strong, but they're not that strong, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but while in the mental hospital, things start to uncover and things start to unfold amongst the three of them as they, they sort of pit their wits in the comic book sense against each other. Yeah. Um, so, anything you get James McAvoy obviously playing, what's his name, Wendell Crumb, is his name, yeah. or The Beast. Yeah. Um, Bruce Willis plays, what do they call his character? Can't really call his character now. Is what a name? It's like. Sam Jackson plays Mr. Glass, um, and you've got Anna Taylor Joy from the first one, uh, from Split. Oh, sorry, and Doctor She's in it as well. Um, I'm gonna say this: I love, Sp- I actually really enjoy Split. I thought it was like a great film and really underrated. People didn't get enough time, yeah. um, it, people, it didn't get enough love that it should have got. 
this is I can see I can see for the whole film what Shannon's trying to do, but the first hour is completely forgettable. Yeah, it's just it's just ponderous bullshit. It's trying to almost subvert the, the comic book genre, but it's just really dull. And I just find myself looking at my watch for the first hour, just going, when is this thing going to kick in? Do you not think though? Because I've read a few people saying this is all the same thing, but see when you revisit things like Unbreakable and Sixth Sense, his pacing is, is slow though. Uh, no, I, I'm I not think Split's the exception to that rule. Not denying Unbreakable yeah. slow, Signs are slow, yeah, not denying yeah. that, but this feels slow. With basically, they introduce the idea that who these characters are about a half a dozen times. Right, right okay. okay, so like, yeah. I get, he thinks he's strong, he thinks he's a monster, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the world. Yeah. I get that. You don't have to have them keep telling me. You don't have to keep telling me that you're a, a like for superheroes. You don't have to keep telling me this over and over again. And it, that's when I'm like, oh, this could be cut down to half an hour. Yeah, stop now. Stop now. You're moving on. There is a decent half hour, forty minutes in it, which I quite found quite fun. <laughs> the ending and the attempt to again subvert the genre and obviously do the twist that Charlie's well known for. It's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Utterly stupid. His twist or hit and miss. Yeah. This, it's, yeah. Just, it's, an, it's, an, it's an atrocious ending to be honest. Yeah. Um, and just. Do you think? He feels pressure to do the twist because that's his signature. It, it does only feel like that, which yeah. maybe kind of derails his movies, Vic's movies on success, yeah. perhaps. He is again attempting to set up a world for this. He's trying to set up another sequel, right. and by doing that, he's like, oh, I just didn't need to do that. Right. The joy of Split was Split was an absolutely fine story in itself, yeah. And then you just have a little PS at the end, you go, oh shit, that's something yeah. unbreakable again. The, the joy of this film is in one thing, and the joy of the film is. McAvoy, James McAvoy, he is phenomenal. Like honestly, it's a, it will not get any Oscar nominations. It didn't get an Oscar, and it will yeah. not get enough love. But the performance he gives is better than any performance I've seen on screen this year. Yeah, because he's basically playing about twenty or different characters. He's twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. But he, he's switching between them on camera. He's not. It's not like he's coming on. Like in a split, he kind of comes into frame. Yeah, a, yeah. This get, it's like like he's, that. He's he's there, yeah. Uh huh. And. It's not just the voice. You can do the voice. The voice is fine. You can any, any actor can do a voice, but he, he sometimes just gives a look, and you know, all right, okay, he's, that's yeah. who he is now. Okay, that's who he is now, and it's instantaneous. You know, it's a but, amazing performance. Brother has seen it as well, and he he was saying similar. It's like you know, it's just his body language will change, uh-huh. like, and just everything about him just morphs into this. Uh-huh. Thing, you know, oh, shit, you know? The way he can go from like say Wendell, mm. the, that's a young boy, isn't it? That's a the kind of no, that's, no, that's um, Hedwig. Yeah, Hedwig. It goes yeah. the young boy. To the woman he plays, yeah. uh, and yes, and it's in an instant you're like, oh my, like, oh my god, that's that's so freaky, yeah. you know. It's, it's it's a it's an acting masterclass. But you thought ten years ago, fifteen years ago, James McAvoy would be the actor that is now? No, definitely not. Yeah. But it's an amazing role. Um, and the problem, part of the problem, with the film is, Shalaman knows this is a performance, and he falls in love with it as you want to fall in love yeah. with it. So because of that, Sam Jackson's role minimalist, almost non-existent. Bruce Willis right. in it almost non-existent right. and it becomes more of a split sequel rather than unbreakable like sort right. of world and it gets a bit dull because of that you, you, you watch it but then you understand why someone falls in love with this character and why he falls in love with this actor dude because he is so fucking good at it um, so but it's definitely not as good as split definitely not as good as unbreakable it is enjoyable enough at times but like I said first hour is a bit ponderous there's a good 40 minutes there and the ending will just make you go but fuck you fuck Solid six and a half out of ten. Which again is alright, but I guess it's a horror movie at best. Uh, yeah, yeah, six and a half out of ten. Okay. Um, next one up is one I saw last night called Mary Queen of Scots, uh, directed by Josie Rourke, who is a theatre director. She's now this is her debut cinema um, production. 
um, the plot of the film is it's, it's um, Mary Queen of Scots returning to Scotland from exile in France, um, where she takes up the Scottish throne. At the same time, she's also plotting to take over the English throne by way of marrying an Englishman and you know something the, the English Queen. Machiavellian yeah. Uh, at the same time, the English throne is ruled by Queen Elizabeth, um, and both parties have large courts of men who are trying to influence their decisions and sort of play them off against each other. Now, correct me if I'm mistaken, but this is based on a true story. It's based on a true story, <laughs> I think loosely based on a true story they yeah. re- re- oh, put together. Oh. Um, so in the film you've got our favourite, um, Cersei Ronan, playing mm. Mary. Margot Robbie is playing uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. You've also got Guy Pearce, David Tennant, and all manner of Scottish strong actors. Strong cast. Strong cast, yeah. yes. Um, looks phenomenal. Cinematography is amazing. Even the production design looks fantastic. Costumes look amazing as well. I believe it's an Oscar nomination for quite a, a couple of those things. Yes, I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. You can see why it looks that kind of way. Yeah. Performances, for the most part, are all excellent. Um, Sasha, uh, Sasha, sorry, is, as we, uh, we love, we love she her. She doesn't disappoint. She does not disappoint. She, she, she is amazing. Yeah. Um, and again, someone who's so, I don't know how young she is now, but she holds, for someone like that to hold the screen so well, is so but impressive. She's been doing this the past 10 years, years and, yeah. you know, because she was a kid, so, uh-huh. yeah, so she's, she's got the whatever it is. You get what you want there from her. Right. Um, where it does falter, and it falters quite big for me, is it sets itself up as a dual story, the Mary story and Elizabeth story. Mm-hmm. It's not a dual story, it's it's, a, it's Mary's story. Right. Elizabeth is sort of a character in the story who sort of should be floating around as a sort of an echo in the background or something that that's what they're playing for. There is more, there's more than enough story with the Mary story that you don't need that much love of yeah, yeah. but and it almost made like they feel like they had the script written originally with that being the case then they've cast Robbie. Robbie in the role and they've went fuck we can't have Margot just float around the background she's got to have a major role in this film and that to me lessened the film yeah well. quite a lot um, I felt like every time it cut away to her I felt like it just it felt like it was perfect it didn't really need to happen I was quite happy staying in Mary's world and seeing how Mary's like, sort of court and everything unfolded uh, Scottish uh, court, yeah yeah um, and because of that, I feel like it, it, it lessened it a lot and it dragged it on longer than it had to be. And most of the film is literally just people sitting around the room talking. Yeah. And, um, and because it is so Machiavellian in its politics, you don't differentiate a lot of stuff. And pretty much every male character is a large Scottish man with a beard. You know, and it's like, well, I, I can't remember if you're going beside you're on, to be honest. <laughs> and maybe, that's, maybe that was part of the point. Yeah. Um, that you might not be supposed to know. The other thing that annoyed me a little bit about it was, and this seems to sound weird, Director partook in colourblind casting, so she was cast in the role based on the actor rather than what their ethnicity was, yeah. right? which is in itself yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, audible. The yeah. problem with that is you're watching a f- an historical film, a film claimed to be historical, when you've got people of many different races and creeds in it that doesn't ring true to the historical accuracy of the film. Of the time. Yeah, yeah, so if you want to say this film is, this is inspired by and not historically accurate, do whatever the fuck you want. Throw in Transformers if you want to, I don't really care, you can do whatever the hell you want. But if you start portraying it to be historically accurate, it's, it's and not, then throwing yeah. people who are Chinese and you know, of, of um, yeah. like African descent, something like that, it doesn't ring true. It feels yeah. it feels like you're doing it before in order to appease like the PC audience of now. Yeah. And that to me felt took me out of the film quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. um, um, I'm still not entirely convinced that Margot Robbie's that good. Still not. I'm not. And is, is this going? To She's got a lot of charm. I, think I, I look at it the same way. I look at maybe someone like, um, almost like The Rock, almost right. No, The Rock's not. Playing, the Rock's not playing a good actor. Who's trying to play? I'm trying to think who's playing a good actor, but isn't as good as he thinks he is. I'm trying to think of an example. 
Bradley Cooper's good. I think I'm going to do Pratt. Right, okay. Pratt is not that good an actor. No. But he's got a shit ton of charm. Charisma's there, yeah. And I, I think Margot Robbie, she's maybe not that good as she thinks she is, but she's, every time you see the interviewer, she's got a lot of charm, a lot, right. of, a lot of fire. People like that about her. Yeah. And they almost put that onto her character. Right, okay. I, I, get, I get that sense with Margot Robbie. I'm with you, Margot Robbie. I don't think she's been that great. I'm still on the fence, yeah. 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 I don't think she was that great in Suicide Squad. People seem to love that role. I think Cosmo did such a the character she was playing was there already, so uh-huh. she, did, she was just kind of wearing the costume. And yeah, put an accent on. Aye, Aye. whereas you look, I think Wilbur Wall Street, and again, is she only kind of applauded for that for certain scenes? Yes. Rather than, you know, the scenes that she should have been. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't totally think in a dickish way. No, no, I'm totally with you. Yeah. Um, but back to me, Queen of Scots, like I said, solid enough, from what I'm led to believe, not historically accurate, yeah. and there's a lot of bits in it make it non historically accurate to me when I'm watching it. Who I did like in it, apart from Sarsaroni, was David Tennant. He plays um, Scottish preacher, whose name I now had completely blanked on me. Jim. No, it's not Jim. He's Jim. a very famous Scottish preacher now, and I can't remember his name now. Blind Harry. It's not Blind Harry. He's a, he's a poet. Anyway, <laughs> can't, John Knox. John Knox. John Knox. He's playing John Knox, and he's actually very good. I, I enjoyed his fire and brimstone um, over the top. Protestant Having over the topness. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you're going to go and watch something this week, I would probably not say Mary Queen of Scots. I mean, yeah, go and see because it looks amazing on the big screen, but I just, I just, I found it, I kept a watch more than a few times through it. Um, Six and a half out of ten. I was looking at reviews for it and look for them. Yes. Yeah. You seem to be right on the nail with this one. Six and a half out of ten. Looks stunning, characters are all good, just the story's just not there to be interesting enough. Yeah. And, there, and obviously there's a fucking interesting story there, yeah. a huge story there, yeah. but I feel they'll put too much story into it. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're, we're seeing a spate of these historical films like we had the Robert the Bruce one, mm. Andrew the Bruce one, more to be fair. There's more coming, so I don't know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a gem in this one. Yeah, so far, they've all kind of fell a bit short of Yeah, it fell a bit short. But that, yeah. that is us for this week. It's going to be very quick this week. But that was ne- very quick. But yeah. next week out, we have Vice. Yes. Looking forward to that one. Vice with um, Dick Cheney. Christian Bale, yeah. Who's yeah. apparently a bad guy. A bad guy, yeah. 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 And you've got The Mule, which I think looks oh, better. Clint Eastwood's a desk, yeah. only getting a handful of showings. Like yeah. It's not getting big business. No. Um, the Destroyer, which is Nicole Kidman thriller. Yeah. Um, is this a follow-up to the one that she done a couple of years ago, where she was, you know, she kind of took her makeup off and she was like a kind of, the police one where, was it Idris Elba? No. There was one we seen that she was in it as well and she was very kind of made down in it and stuff like that. You thought the one where she's like sort of losing memory? Maybe. No, I don't think so. Okay. And you get Isolani, I think it's called. It's a Scottish film. I thought it looks very, very looks like bleak, bleak as bleak to be honest. And also you get Second Act with Jennifer Lopez. That's Jennifer Lopez anymore. <laughs> she's relevant in this film apparently. So they're all out next week. So we might see she's, some. She's relevant in our own little yeah. world. Some, one, or all of those. Colin, where people, where people find us? And uh, work. And work here. Yeah. <laughs> um, usual places at uh, Three Years the Movie on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, and Gmail. So three years a movie, and um, give us some, give us some love. I've been Colin. You've been Richard, and we have been 